Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Hugh Porter, he'd be pretty pumped up right now. He's a big Oilers fan at Digitex. Oilers up three games one. Series is not over. Calgary played pretty well last night. Maybe deserved a better fate. That said, they spotted the Oilers a 3-0 lead, and Edmonton showed some character themselves after just a crazy goal against a tie the game 3-3. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, we're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. We'll tell you, Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We head to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and go to our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show Edmonton area product. He played for the Canadian Athletic Club growing up as a kid and willed himself to a 400-game NHL career. Longtime analyst of the Washington Capitals. Friend of the show, we welcome back Al May. Hi, Al. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, are you? Is it you're in Saskatchewan right now? Yeah, I'm at the Centennial Cup in uh, Estevan, Saskatchewan. So I've been here about a week. Uh, and what's the attraction you for you there? Well, you know what? I played junior hockey here for three seasons uh, back in the SJHL. And there's a big sportsman's dinner tomorrow night with uh, I think Joe Watson of the Philadelphia Flyers, myself, and Craig Button. And so I'll be doing that, and then I head back to Texas on Friday. And the 10-team tournament now in the, the uh, Centennial Cup has been pretty awesome. And the, the arena here maybe, from what I've heard, is the best in uh, Canada for an arena this size. And this is Junior A, or what we now, I, I guess, yeah, it's, it's Junior A, right? Yeah, it's the Brooks Bandits are here representing the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So it's it's all the different leagues in Canada. And uh, there's a lot of really good hockey players here. Lots of kids going to American colleges and Canadian colleges in the next season. Well, Brooks, did they not pound somebody last night like 9-1? Uh, I don't know if it got that far, but they've, they've had some really good games. They're, they're the cream of the crop right now, you know, with all the... The, the incredible skill level that they have, the job that they do recruiting. I guess, you know, they have six Americans on their team. They have, you know, a boatload of Western Canadian kids. And these kids are all really good-looking hockey players. And, you know, this is where Kale McCarr played. And there's a kid here that looks like him, a little bit older. I don't know what's going to be in his future, but I know he's playing NCAA. There's a kid going to Michigan, Wisconsin, Quinnipiac. Uh, you can go on and on. And uh, they're a really good hockey team. They're the elite class right now. Yeah, absolutely. I know for a while, Boris for Balkan Camrose had a strong program. Um, the Spruce Grove uh, team for a number of years was pretty good. I, I worked the, so it's called the Centennial Cup again. For a while, it was called the Royal Bank Cup, and I worked that for TSN behind the scenes doing Funk Ward and Stats uh, when Camrose won in Flin Flon. That would have been in 2001, because that year, Al, uh, I did the University Cup, the Golden Bears, and they uh, 
Uh, they had won back to back and uh, didn't weren't able to pull off the three peat. So I did the University Cup. I did the uh, the Midget AAA Championship was in Prince George that year. Uh, the Royal Bank Cup was in Flin Flon. Uh, then I did the Memorial Cup for Sportsnet, and then I did uh, two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the opening round and the third round. I actually worked. Uh, uh, a couple of games down in Dallas that year. So I, I got like six different leagues in a span of about two and a half months behind the scenes. So it was an awesome experience. All right, well, let's switch focus because uh, we all know Brooks is going to win the tournament. So <laughs> barring a, a major surprise, um, give me your percent because I know you, you watch uh, uh, just before we get to the Oilers, uh, the Washington Capitals end up uh, bouncing out to Florida. Were you surprised that Florida was deposed as quickly as they were by the uh, disposed as quickly as they were by the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, not at all. And when I look at, you know, the first round, I always think it's where you get the real scouting reports on teams. And it's where the flaws that they have during the regular season, uh, they either fix those or they're exposed for those. The Capitals were exposed in their series, and, and they exposed a lot of what you could do to Florida to slow them down and keep them off the scoreboard. And Tampa just took it with their, you know, their Stanley Cup, you know, uh, experience and, and the ability to, to play a really good defensive physical game. And they just dominated Florida at the blue lines, especially the, the Tampa blue line. So Florida couldn't get in there. They couldn't play their fast break game. And, you know, Tampa does a great job of taking away the middle of the ice now. They're a more skilled St. Louis Blues type of team. So not surprised at all. And Vasilevsky. Uh, right now is still the best goaltender in hockey and he stole some games in that Toronto series uh, specifically games uh, what was it six and seven and in this series you know he just takes your confidence away and the way his team started to get their game going get their gear going and how about that doing it without Braden Point was absolutely spectacular so they had to rely more on defensive structure and physicality and and discipline and they were able to do that and there's another reason why they were able to win two Stanley Cups in a row now well, they're going to be a tough out. There's no question about that. Uh, Carolina and the Rangers, it's a weird, like, I don't find the games compelling. Do you? Not really. I, I think there's, you know, the, with the way the broadcasts are going, the amount of penalties, and there, there's a lot of garbage going on. And, you know, I just, you know, one team gets the extreme advantage, and it almost seems like the other team's cooked. And it's basically, it almost feels like whoever scores first is gaining their confidence. And uh, I watched the the last game, and I just thought it was kind of garbagey. And uh, watching the Edmonton Calgary has been a lot more to my liking. So that series, not so much. All right. Well, let's switch focus because this show is called Oilers now, Al. You're uh, you know you're from here. We we've, we have you on a lot to get a little bit different perspective from another part of the world. But you've always got your eye on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Matthew Kachuk says Edmonton's a one man team. He's right to a certain degree because Connor McDavid has been brilliant in this year's playoffs. Agreed. And am I supposed? Am I? You know what? He's saying something to try and you know rally the troops and do whatever, but not a chance. I think they've they've learned. Are they the you know the greatest player in hockey right now? Uh, is McDavid as long as he continues to play the way that he is? You know, he's closing in on another Gretzky. A milestone and he's showed great and incredible leadership throughout the playoffs and it's all started to my to, to me in game six against la in game seven he went next level he started hitting playing physical and i've had people 
hardcore, rabid hardcore Oilers fans. And, you know, they like to complain about everything. It's kind of an Edmonton thing. You know, I'm that way too. And, uh, you know, they're saying you can't have Connor hitting. No, he was, he, he was mixing and blending, you know, what he does Gretzky-like with some Mark Messier in his game. And I think the physical play and stopping and being tenacious on pucks it is great leadership by him. And stopping on pucks, you know, you forget about the physical play, but stopping on pucks and not trying to get poke checks for breakaways, but stopping and making sure he gets pucks out of the zone and off of the boards. And, you know, you know, the coach in me, and I think, you know, around the National Hockey League, you know, older players that start to look at the game differently as they get older and older, you know, you, you think of more about the little details in the game that people don't really pay attention to because – we pay attention to the flash and the pizzazz of the game, the speed, the, you know, the, the crossbar shots, the, you know, the incredible moves and breakaways, the fancy saves. But it's those little details in the game that take you next level. I thought L.A. had a lot of those details in the game, but they didn't have any big game hunters like Drexidel and certainly Connor McDavid. So I, I think Connor has got his team to play better, and I think the play of every play, player on the Oilers roster has drastically increased for the better. And, you know, the guys who are playing five, six, and seven minutes a game are getting better. I think the defensemen are playing a simpler, smarter game, and it's all getting better. They're playing grittier in front of the net. They're not just playing on the perimeter. And I go to gritty in front of net. I think of Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night. He doesn't get near enough credit. And unfortunately, he was there through so many coaches and general managers, and he was kind of a whipping boy of the guys that are left. But to me, that's a real good-looking hockey player that plays, pays attention to the details. And, he scored a huge goal. He had a really big night last night. So I looked, you know, at that roster and what Evander Kane has brought to it. You know, it's not a one-man team. It's a team that is coming together, and they have a superstar leading them the proper way. Yeah, Al, do you find it interesting? I mean, look, you, you and me are of the same vintage. We grew up watching the Oilers of the 80s. Leon Dreisaitl has done something that's never happened in NHL history before, four straight three-plus point games. It's crazy when you think about it, especially in this day and age of the NHL, isn't it? Absolutely, and I look at the way he was getting, uh, I think, blasted by the media at the start of the first round. Just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know, word of his injury getting, you know, becomes public knowledge. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And uh, he got a little bit of leeway there, but he sh- he shone bright at the end of that series, and he's come to play in this series, and he's gritting it out. And he's putting his best foot forward for for his team, and I, I think it's been been great. And I saw him, you know, he's added some physicality to his game, and you know, just all the little things. And I'm not saying you have to be physical, but I do know that when Tampa Bay quit playing pretty, and they started to play gritty, and they started to play more defensive, and really value blue line play at the offensive zone, and certainly their defensive zone, how they play in front of their net and in the corners in their own zone. They became a completely different next-level team that has the chance to win every single hockey game they're in. And, you know, I, I still believe they're going to find a way to get to the finals because they do that. And, you know, you lose in the playoffs, you get a lot of lessons. And, you know, McDavid was upset with what went on with the refereeing and however that all went last year and his production. And I think he made, rather than look at other people and pass blame and find excuses, he decided he was going to up his ante up the level of play and seemed like he's not really letting anything bother him. So I admire what he and Dreisaitl are both doing right now. How tough is it to close a team out when you're up 3-1, L? I mean, you you played a long time in the league. Well, the old, yeah, the old cliche was it was always the hardest game to win. And it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's you got to win all four games in a series. The Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup on May 2nd. 
and there should have been uh, from what you know the way the media car- carried on out there and the way the players were acting there should have been a Stanley Cup parade played on May 3rd but the Tampa Bay Lightning had a lot to say about that so the series is far from over and and I they're in for their toughest game yet Calgary's been very undisciplined they're big big slow defensemen who aren't great decision makers are being exposed right now and it's up to Edmonton to go in there and play a smart, meticulous team game with tons of discipline, score when they have their opportunities. It's going to be a tough one. They always said it's the toughest game to win, and uh, they're going to have to win it. doesn't matter whether it's now, but they got to find a way to win the fourth game, whatever night it is. Yeah, no question about that. We're joined right now by Al May, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Calgary, I think, has got the toughest team in hockey. Has it worked against them in this series a bit? I think they're crazily undisciplined. And I saw some of the garbage they were doing in the penalty kill the other night to, to dry sidle. And I think they're way off structure right now, and they're they're kind of out of control. So they can say they're the toughest. They can act like they're the toughest. But it doesn't mean anything when you have players that are willing to take a punch in the face or a cross stick in the back, skate away, take the power play. And right now, you know, I think they're playing a, a poorly undisciplined game. There's no structure. And, you know what, I really think – Daryl Sutter, I love him as a coach, but I haven't seen him adapt. And I think they need to slow the game down, find a way to slow it down and take away from some of the game. Uh, because I don't think you get out Oiler, the Edmonton Oilers right now, with the way McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and Kane are going. I think you'd want to play a frustration game and, you know, a game where you, you stack up at the blue line and force the Oilers to, to begrudgingly dump the puck in. And, and they're not a dump and grind team. So, you know, to me, Calgary's doing, they, they could adjust, but I haven't seen any adjustments. And they're, doing, they're making the same mistakes in, in every game they've lost. Well, it's interesting uh, on that front because I'm going to talk to you about an adjustment that I'd contemplate making. Uh, the Oilers have two right shots playing on their fourth line. Archibald, whose hardest hit, he might have thrown the hardest hit of the series on Zach Cassian last night. Uh, we've had texts from people saying, come on, stop. Like the analytics would suggest he's about a 27% possession guy in the series. Like there's not a lot of good things happening right now uh, when he's out there. But he is providing physicality. He can kill penalties. Would you contemplate playing a rookie like Dylan Holloway, a left shot that's got a big upside that's going to be on this team at the latest by Christmas next year full-time. Would you contemplate working him into a series, or do you not screw around with a winning roster? Hey, Bob, Did we I lose you, Could you repeat that? Yeah, would you contemplate yeah, putting Dylan Holloway in for Archibald? Archibald's got some tough metrics going right now. Well, I'm watching hockey games, and I'm not looking at my laptop right now. And the Oilers are winning, and there's going to be a good hockey player wearing an Oilers jersey in the future. But what I've seen out of Archibald so far, I don't care about possessing metrics when he's on the ice. He's pushing pucks forward. He's stopping in puck battles. And I think the physicality that he's bringing right now is kind of inspirational to his teammates, and he's momentum changing. And if you go by that, you know, there's a lot of teams, and I know the Washington Capitals, when they won the Stanley Cup, they were getting ha- hammered in the fancy stat department. And I told a bunch of people I know that it sounds like they don't even look at the screen when they're watching a the game or go to the game and don't watch the ice. They're too busy looking at their numbers. And uh, the, the number one number there is is who gets the game-winning goal. So I don't mess around with Archibald. 
And I think it's kind of it could be overwhelming for the young player. And players are you know you want those young players to gain experience, but is in a hostile you know arena that they're going to be playing in next is that the right place to do it uh and i think not and you know i'm a, I'm a fan of everything i've read and heard about this kid i haven't seen him play yet and but i just think the right thing to do is go with what got you there right now yeah and i mean it, it, in fairness the game is different than when you played uh you had back-to-back long playoff runs in 89-90 and 90-91 caps uh, the, you guys you guys you lost to boston right in round three back in 1990 yeah, we did. Again, decimated by injuries. By the time we got there, I think I was the first line right winger by that time. And you're not going to win if I was on your first round. And I'm not being self-deprecating. It just goes to, you know, you, you, I know what I know from being at hockey a lifetime, and that there's, you know, yeah. And I said on your show, you've got to have you, your top six guys play like top six guys, and you have to have your bottom six, and you can't have your first line going to the fourth line. To the, you know, that your fourth liner going to the first line. You know, back, you know, one lady's there one night because they get confused. It's not that it makes a player dumb, but you've got to hone the role. You've got to own it, and you've got to play that way consistently, and that's how you excel. Like, I, I look at Zach Cashian right now, j- just to veer off a little bit. I like him better when he's when he's on those bottom lines because he's a thumper. He gets out there, and he finishes, and, and he's menacing, and, he, and he's not worried, you know, about taking passes and, you know, making drop passes. He's going more straight line, and he goes nuclear on those big hits. So I prefer that type of Zach Cash, you know, over the one that's on the right wing taking shots off the, you know, the Guy Lafleur slot shots off the right wing. Al, enjoy the Centennial Cup. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. All right. Take care, my friend. Talk to you soon. You bet. That is Alan May. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to get to your text. There is animated discussion on Archibald and Holloway. We'll return to that here on Oilers Now. It's 122 in Edmonton. To the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. It's this simple on the injury front. There's players hurt on both teams that are playing, but basically everybody's got a full complement at this time. The vehicle pipeline is moving. Our friends at Brent Ridge Ford finally have a few units in stock and more on the way. You can check with Uncle Milt, Johnny, and Rich and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They do have two or three Calgary's Flames fans uh, working at Brent Ridge. I'm told that they were a little quiet today over in the shop. Uh, hey, you can... Uh, Order a vehicle from Brent Ridge as well. They'll hook you up. You can get all the specifications you want. And if you want to buy a vehicle where they've got uh, friendly and fair service and a great service department, reach Brent Ridge Ford out of Wetaskiwin. One eight seven seven four seven seven four. That's one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Uh, quickly, we will go into. Uh, uh, just to show you the, the different perspectives, Bob, you cannot pull Josh Archibald, but I have not been that impressed with Yessa Pugliarvi. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Hockey Howie says, leave it, Archibald. The Oilers need his hit and toughness. Bob, why are you pres- uh, pressing the anti-Archibald angle? One could argue Fogel is less of a presence and therefore less impactful in the last several games than Archibald. Let's discuss uh, replacing Fogel with Holloway. Uh, and again, yeah, Holloway's time is going to come, but, uh, 
not now. Bob, does Almay ever look away from the screen to look at a laptop? I'm guessing not. Look, I'm not completely writing off the eye test, but you need to have a balanced view, and there are clear red flags over Archibald's play. Brandon, uh, did you bump in a Holloway last night? Yeah, I, I ended up in the elevator, actually, up to the press box with him, Nima Linen, Philip Broberg, and really what I can say is these are huge individuals. They are towering, they're thick. It's, you know, the future's bright from a size standpoint, even though it looks like the Oilers are doing well without them right now. Yeah, they're big guys. So, uh, you got 30 seconds. What would you do? Yeah, to me, I mean, if you want to splash a little bit of energy into the bottom six, I don't mind the idea of throwing Holloway in here. I think the team is uh, is in a good place for that right now. But I like what Archibald brings physically. So to me, you're choosing between Warren Fogle or Yessa Poyarvi as to who you're pulling out of the lineup. Poyarvi's been okay in the last couple of games, but he's not really doing a lot to save his spot in my eyes. All right, well, uh, and that's the beauty of uh, conversations like that. We'll head off to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, and when we come back uh, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon, a little bit later on, Brendan Escott with Edmonton Oil Kings forward, Justin Sortoff. You are listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.